Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for LF Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrewer and I'm here with Peter Coghill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're discussing AlphaZero. Nick, what's happening with AlphaZero? Well, AlphaZero uh, is a new uh, artificial intelligence released by Google on the 5th of uh, December 2017. And uh, it boasts some incredible results in the field of, of machine learning and chess in particular. Um, so uh, we remember we talked last year about AlphaGo, which was a, 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 new, a kind of neural network designed to play uh, Go, and it and it beat the world champion. And everyone had said, "Well, Go is really complex; it'll take you know a long time before we get to that." Uh, and it beats it beats um, uh, the world champion at, at Go. Is it, now, this sorry, is, sorry to interrupt. Is it designed by the same people? Elsie yeah, it's and DeepMind. Okay, right. So Google DeepMind, and um, uh, this is a, a sort of more general version that uh, allegedly can play not only Go but also chess and and shogi, which is a Japanese version of chess. And um, so the what uh, Google claim is that uh, they they set up the neural network and um, it didn't give it any domain knowledge. So they didn't feed in any data about the results of chess. They simply sort of put put it on, you know, gave it the rules of chess, essentially, and got it to uh, more or less play itself and learn what uh, the, what the best moves were that way um, without relying on any kind of you know, domain knowledge, no opening books, no chess theory, none of that. Just, you know, here are the rules of chess. Uh, now work out how to play it. And uh, the in in apparently nine hours, it had learned to play so well that it was able to beat the best uh, other um, chess artificial intelligence, which is Stockfish. Uh, in a, in a hundred matches, it got twenty eight wins and 70, 72 draws, and no uh, Stockfish didn't win a single uh, match. Now Stock, Stockfish is the one that the professionals use, you know, to train on. It's, it's better than any human. So you know, the, the, this is this amazing result, really, that in in a less than a day, uh, it went from nothing to being able to beat the uh, the, the the leading uh, chess artificial intelligence out there. Uh, so the, the anyway, uh, look, I'd say it's kind of there's a bit of controversy. When they haven't released all the details of what they did, of exactly how it worked, of whether or not it was a fair fight, because you know was Stockfish running on a on a sort of effectively a laptop, whereas um, uh, the uh, AlphaZero is running on you know absolutely high end processors and stuff. There's lots of things people don't know. But I mean, look, the point is that something like this is going to happen eventually. And I think I was kind of interested in a few things. First of all, you know, does it mean that we're a step closer to an artificial general intelligence? But also uh, this sort of interesting phenomenon, really, which I think is more of a psychological thing about our, our reaction to artificial intelligence, which is this uh, almost sense of kind of anticlimax and and despondency you get when you suddenly realise that, you know, thousands of years of, of chess, uh, of, of chess expertise has been kind of more or less chucked out the window in an afternoon. Yeah. And um, and I think there is an, that, that's something which I think we're going to see more and more in, in a range of different domains. Um, so let's turn to, I'm sure we'll come back to you, but let's turn to Peter in answering those two questions. Um, what was the first question? Are we a step closer to ge- uh, generalised artificial intelligence? And the second question was, oh, isn't it all a bit underwhelming or isn't disappointing or something like that? So have a cracker, um, perhaps the first of those, Peter. Yeah, well, like, yeah, th- well, this is this is promising. This is interesting because the, it's the same system um, and it's not specifically designed for any particular game that once given the rules of the game and enough time, 
uh, will learn it and uh, and and um, exceed human and the best performing artificial intelligence in it. So in that way, yeah, it does sound like it's generalizable. But uh, yeah, without the without the full release of the the code and the 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 experiments that they've they've conducted, it's difficult to know. But um, yeah, so it sounds like a small step towards general generalized artificial intelligence. But as we have discussed before, um, general AI is a long way away. It's it's a it's a really big thing. That that, that is a really big thing. Sorry for a layman. What is uh, talk to me about general AI? What does that mean? I don't know if all our listeners will understand what that means. So so um, we are general intelligences. Hu- um, humans are generally we, we're able to um, apply our learning skills. Uh, assimilate data of all different types, all sorts of different problems. So, if you took a hu- if you took a human player and trained them intensively for twenty four hours, they would get better. Uh, but they would likewise get better at pottery or playing the piano or any number of any other tasks. We we we've got very uh, generally applicable learning skills. Um, whereas artificial intelligence to date is very specific tasks tasks specific. It's optimized uh, and is only capable of learning about one. Specific so, for example, that's why it's a step up from AlphaGo because AlphaGo is specifically for uh, Go. Um, but what didn't you say that this was a general kind of intelligence that was that was they pointed it at chess? Yeah, so it, it, it seems more general because it's able, it was able to learn three different games. So it learned um, Go, um, chess, and and shogi, one other and shogi. Shogi. Okay. Um, but they are still quite. Um, quite narrow problems in that you can define the rules of these games as a set of quite simple instructions so you know how the knight moves how the queen moves yeah. what what good looks like yeah um, per- it's perfect information as well which is also you know very different from a lot of real world situations mm. yes yeah, so it's a you know precisely what the state of the board is yeah. at any given time uh, it's sequential as well so people you know you take a move then then uh, the other player takes a move the real world of course isn't like that and so we've we've heard from peter talking about you know his, his response to that initial question of well what does this mean um and i think your answer is yeah it's, it's a, step. a step it's a step but a small step on a very long road yeah to a general artificial intelligence nick anything to add to that yeah just actually i'm not sure we know how long the road is uh, in that um you you know there's we don't we still haven't really worked out what to do to create a general artificial intelligence there isn't consensus on what uh what we need to do so we don't we don't know for example whether it's a matter of um uh well Stuart Armstrong from the the Future of Humanity Institute they look at this kind of issue pretty much uh, all the time and and he says there's a distinction really between tasks which are grind based you know where you can say well we've got to work on this thing for exactly 20 years and then we'll have done everything uh, versus things that are insight-based. And the problem with uh, what an artificial general intelligence would look like is that we don't really know which of those thing it is, things it is. Now, it might be just an accumulation of lots of uh, narrow artificial intelligences. It might be that we can just sort of solve one problem, uh, problem at a time. You know, once we've done chess we, you know, and we've done driving, then we can go from driving to making a cup of tea. And once we can do that, we can get it to go shopping for us. And eventually we've got something which pretty much behaves like a, like a, a human or or better than a human but maybe not it might be that the real world poses so many problems that it's not simply a matter of scaling things up but we need a whole new different approach 
and the thing is we don't know and um we won't really know until we're in a position technologically to try those things out and at the moment we're a long way off being able to do that but i but i don't uh, well i mean we're a long way off being able to have something which is capable really of acting in a general way in the real world in other words assimilating the kinds of data that we do and processing it in the way that we do but but that may be something which we'll we'll sort of tackle quite soon i, I just i so the thing is that we don't know it, this may be a big step or it, you know it may be a small step we, or it may it may prove that what they've stumbled upon or, or perhaps uh, you know to be kind of what they've invented is an approach which actually could just be scaled up you know there might mm-hmm. be that you take a hundred of these things you point them at a problem like um, you know doing the washing up or some other really hard uh, problem they, they will solve that as well and maybe even come up with an exciting innovative way of doing it okay um, and so what about but I, sorry, it's probably worth saying, Peter touched on it there. I think the the one really big difference, the biggest challenge, probably uh, apart from the technological bits, the sort of trying to trying to uh, work out how to actually get the you know how we're going to process data and collect it, is actually how we specify what the objective is. Now, the really easy thing about chess is you know what winning looks like, right? It's precisely specified which situations are winning and which aren't. The problem with the real world is where a lot of the fears and risks about artificial intelligence come from is that it's really hard to say what we want it to do. So if I said, look, I want you to do the washing up, we as humans all understand really well what that is. But a machine, you know, from scratch uh, actually doesn't know which states of the world does having done the washing up correspond to. And which states of the world must it avoid during that? So, you know, is it okay to um, to do the washing up in such a way that causes massive environmental degradation? Probably not. Is it okay to do the washing up if, you, if you're killing people on the way or causing a nuclear war or turning the entire world into a massive computer? We, you know, they, we, we instinctively think, well, that's obvious that you don't do that. But to a machine, it's not obvious unless you've said that. You know, if all you say is, I want the washing up to be done, there's no guarantee that it'll take what we would consider to be an easy route. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I so, so that's that's a big challenge. Is how do we specify the objectives for an artificial intelligence in the real world? I mean, also, I don't. It starts to get a little bit prosaic, but it often seems I don't really want to go down this avenue. But it seems to me the barriers are often just physical ones as well, um, rather than the programming side of it. Oh, so, you mean like walking and picking things yeah, up, and stuff? Yeah, yeah, like you know, yeah, picking up dishes. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, and, what you know, we used to. Yeah, well, that's another interesting thing. We're learning as kind of gradually invading. It, I mean, in the old days, we used to sort of uh, think, well, what we need to do is precisely specify how to walk. We're going to get get a get a pair of legs pair of robotic legs and tell it how to walk uh and these days the approach is much more well we will accept that we don't really know we find it hard to specify that so we'll just get uh we'll simulate a pair of legs and we'll get it to we'll get it to try out thousands and millions of different ways of walking until it finds one that works um so the the learning really is that's why learning is so such a powerful approach compared to having artificial intelligence is that you program you don't really have to you can just say well i want you to get from a to b as quickly as possible using this pair of robotic legs and it will learn that okay. so so you know the 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 suggestion is well we found it hard up till now but then we found uh creating artificial intelligences for chess hard up to now well now suddenly it seems like it's easier well if it turns out that we can apply a similar approach to learning how to walk or pick things up then um then you know maybe maybe that's not uh, a problem anymore okay i want to turn to this second question of oh great it's managed to do that and just feeling slightly underwhelmed or yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what my question is, but do you want to wax lyrical on that, Peter? Uh, yeah, well, the 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 way that it, the, the the press the press found it quite exciting, uh, as often they do, 
Um, and there's been there's been a bit of a a uh, backlash. People saying, "Oh well, you know the the Alpha uh, uh, Alpha Zero was in a better position, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. But the, the the to me, it sounds like uh, they've take they've apart from this sort of slight generalization, it still it still sounds like a bit of an engineering challenge. It feels like a grind problem to me because they've they no doubt they've got some new insights and new new approaches, but they've thrown a lot of processing at a problem. That was quite well understood, and it's sort of underwhelming because actually, we, you know, computers have been beating humans for a long time at chess. So why is this saying it? Why is this new? Um, but well, I think when you when you scratch the surface a bit, there is a you, this generalization thing is a unique insight that's that's new. I think the the uh, the thing that's different, uh, certainly for me psychologically, is that when you take something like Deep Blue, which beat Gary Kasparov in 1997, that was the first time, you know, the first chess program to beat the world champion, and they've only got better since then. But it, it relied on quite a lot of accreted knowledge about chess. It relied on data from past chess games, and it relied on lots of, um, you know, let's say received wisdom about about which uh, opening moves work. And of course, all of those things are really useful heuristics. So you you cut down the amount of things you look at by relying on received wisdom now alpha zero the allegation is it didn't have any of that it learnt its own and apparently it's been doing surprising things in the same way that the uh, that alpha go did surprising things that certainly didn't accord with you know the human's understanding of how how to play go uh it has done apparently uh it, it does it does things which are you know extremely surprising like making these very extravagant sacrifices uh you know sacrificing a, a queen for a for a, a little bit of position on the board um which are nevertheless successful so the 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 interesting thing is the fact that it hasn't needed Needed to rely on anything we know about chess it's almost just said oh forget you know it's what we've said to it look please learn how to play chess here's everything we've learned about chess for the last 1500 years and it's very arrogantly sat there and said no i don't need that i'll just un- i'll just look at the game and work out how to beat it i, I there's something quite sad about that i think that's <laughs> what i i find that uh, it, now i'm an, i'm i'm a real kind of you know artificial intelligence enthusiast i think that you know it's i'm not I'm not sort of saying it's bad, but it is sad. It's sad yeah. that in a way, like, uh, you, you know, and I, I see this is a sort of problem that we're going to have to face. You take things like um, machine translation. I find very depressing somehow. You know, the fact that Google is able to just sit down and translate. And, and in the old days, you needed a person who was deeply versed in French and English to translate them. And now, you you know, you're getting 99% of that from just an algorithm online. Person. There's yeah. something a kind of depressing about it. And I don't know if that's just because I've lived through both eras yeah. uh, and future people will not find it depressing at all. Yeah. Maybe because we, we know, for, for uh, you know, for being what we are, how hard it is to learn another language, how hard it is to get good at chess. Yeah. Mm. And so uh, it is sort of, if something comes along, you know, the next generation of children who are brighter and more fit and active than you are, you, you feel there's a remorse about that, a sort of generation, generational kind of Yeah, yeah, remorse. like, you know, we do, but, do we need to tell people to learn? I, I know, I mean, I'm rubbish at languages. Um, I just really hate the idea that I have to sit down and learn a whole nother language really bothered me. Mm. Um, I mean, in a way, I kind of welcome it that, you know, we won't need, um, you know, we won't, in a way need to learn foreign languages we can just we'll just have you know be able to translate in real time through our phone or whatever mm. um or, at the or very least a fish that we can put in our ears yeah indeed or i mean at the very least uh the benefits of learning a foreign language are getting lower and lower mm. um and you know and but if you look ahead and you ask well what does it mean when we've got machines writing poems and writing articles and uh you know playing musical instruments and doing all of these things will we want 
you know, to do that anymore? Will it be, I mean, what's going to be left for us? There's a sense of, of all of these great achievements being, being swallowed up by technology, which yeah, is th- a bit depressing. It is actually. Now, yeah, I mean, you're quite right. I mean, let's say, imagine, well, no, right now, let's imagine someone who can't really speak any, who doesn't know any languages, who doesn't know how to map read, mm. who can't play any instruments and can't play chess because they don't need to have done any of those things or not have wanted to there's, there's no point because there's something out there that can just do it immediately yeah what kind of person is that it's quite an anthropomorphic way to look at it anthropomorphic is that the right way to put it but um anthropocentric maybe. anthropocentric way to look at it um because maybe yeah we we're asking the wrong question because us being hmm. uh, maybe, maybe it opens up opportunities to go and do other inventive things that machines can't do what what well, are they, they? that's yeah what exactly what what they can't it? do yeah uh, i mean i you know and it's not this is a purely psychological point i accept in a way and in, in some sort of sense well in a fairly obvious sense the world will be better when you don't need to have done any of those things when you get all the benefits from learning french and music and uh you know chess uh, you get all the benefits of those, um, you know, in the sense that you can play chess like a grandmaster thanks to this uh, app on your phone. You don't need to speak French. You can still converse with French people. You get all the benefits without any of the costs. Mm. And um, in one very obvious sense, that's great. But mm. I, but I wonder if you know, in a in a sort of psychological sense, whether we will suffer a there's a kind of stress of being outperformed by things, of being feel, feeling irrelevant, feeling that your skills are, are pointless. Well, and and and, and, it, and, it, and it, you know, I think it's something we may have to face and worry about. Well, I mean, sorry, and but on, we kind of have to wrap up. But before we do, I mean, uh, just responding to that. Imagine if you're a grandmaster, and I'm sure there's been all sorts of. Uh, responses from chess grandmasters to this uh, alpha zero uh, development but also first of all if you're a, a, a grandmaster for probably quite a long time now you might have been thinking well what's the point um or people mm. have been might have been asking well what's the point because there's machines that can always beat you but also secondly um it, given what, one of the things you said about the alpha zero doing surprising moves or whether it be alpha go doing surprising moves presumably chess grandmasters and and go grandmasters um are looking and studying and analyzing what mm. the ai was doing and going ah okay and learning from that uh peter you want to, this has got to be our last point yeah. peter well, um i think there's an there's an analog so we've had recorded music for nearly 100 years now and and definitely commonplace in the whole household for 30 40 years in most people's ha- homes and yet still people still choose to play instruments because it's fun to challenge yourself and to learn so i don't think that i think there's still a place for human but it becomes rather than a necessity it becomes a personal challenge thing right and deriving pleasure from that yeah um nick yeah no it's just i don't think this is quite the same thing uh recorded music live music in the home is very different uh i mean it's very different in terms of performing it and the sound and and everything else than than recorded music but i but i think you know just to take that point even if it even if it was the same um you, you know first of all there are far fewer people who play musical instruments certainly you know there are every home had a piano in it 100 years ago that's no longer mm. true now um and and secondly it's kind of uh, it's a bit of a sad vision for do- doing things simply because you know humans can do them it's a bit like being in a zoo see these see these human chess players isn't it amazing they can play chess to nearly 1% as uh, uh, as well as you know this this app on my phone it's sort of sad it reduces uh, something that was a pinnacle of achievement to, to something which is now a sort of rather intriguing foothill we, we need to stop there um, but just uh, just before we do just it reminds me of as, as ever um, you know in 
in Star Trek, uh, The Next Generation, where Data, his, uh, of, of course, is an excellent virtuoso uh, violin player, um, but his shipmates just actually don't like listening to what he does just because it's a little bit too perfect. Mm. Um, and it's sort of... Yeah, and it's it's um, yeah, it just sounds like recorded music. But anyway, that's that side of things. But actually, one of the things you said, oh, I want to leave the last words uh, to Paul McCartney uh, because um, just to round it back, you know, where is this a big jump? Is this a big leap? What is the end final destination? All I'll say, um, or all Paul would say, is um, it's a long and winding road that leads us to who knows where. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right it's a bit of a stretch <laughs> yeah. but yeah okay yeah, we'll take that yeah. uh, or, thank or possibly you. a really short road that will lead us to somewhere predictable but you know a road of indeterminate length leading us to an indeterminate destination <laughs> beautifully put yeah. poetic You're, oh Nick um, okay we'll stop there um, thank you as always to listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast I'm Fraser McGrewer we've been here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights and until next time goodbye mm-hmm.